Hi, this is Simon with just a brief reminder to follow us on our Facebook page, Chronicles on the Fly. Like the page, send us a message, any questions or anything that you would like us to talk about. And uh, maybe on the next episode, we'll do just that. So there you go. Chronicles on the Fly on Facebook. Thanks. Let's get into the show. And it's episode five of Chronicles on the Fly, and I'm Simon. And I'm Mel. How are you going? Yeah, good, good. How's the week been in isolation? Very isolated. <laughs> what else would it be? <laughs> very, very monotonous, to be honest. Yeah, it's very, pretty much. Very uh, monotonous. You're still going to the, into the office, aren't you? Yes, but with social distancing. Uh, very few clients come in now. So, yeah. But a lot, of it's, a lot of it's done over the phone. And yep. 90% of the questions are all the same is, how do I apply for JobKeeper or how do I get JobSeeker? And can I apply for Centrelink oh, and how do I get my, you how do just, I get my superannuation? You should just put together a flyer with all your frequently asked questions, send them out to all your clients and then bang, problem solved. They don't have to call you anymore. Yeah, but that actually, a lot of my old, older, older, older people, so they don't really use computers. Yeah, fair enough. Majority of them are, so they're the ones that are really worried. But you get, but then you get, obviously, off the record, you get a few people, you know, try and say, oh, you know, maybe I can claim this and claim that. So, come on, it's oh. not the time about claiming this and claiming that yeah um, survival interesting the uh all this government stimulus stuff that have been handed over what do you reckon about that you know um i've seen a lot of well not a lot but some commentators in the Mm. media uh, or even just the you know in the twitter sphere let's say you know bagging or not bagging i'm gonna gonna reserve my criticizing right judgment yeah criticizing the i suppose the the handouts and the welfare and you know yeah well he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't yeah totally. right now yeah. the the one position i wouldn't like to be in is in the prime minister's position because yeah. either way whatever he does is wrong or whatever he does is right he's in one of those situations where he can't win yeah. to comment on the stimulus at the moment without seeing the full packages for me is probably a mm. bit hard to say because like i said it's all one thing to announce it but once it goes through legislation complete could be completely different Assuming that everything gets passed, but again, we can't make that decision till we, till we see the actual facts. Yeah. There's a lot of unanswered questions at the moment. Until we get down to nitty gritty, I think yeah. it's a bit hard to say. Yeah. Is well, it I know um, a lot of small businesses are panicking. Let's say, um, you know, can't find clients. No one's spending any money. But then, it's it's very. Um, Industry by industry and business by business, how of, oh, you know, the reactions and, and also their, their conditions. Like I've got a, I think I mentioned one or two podcasts back, I've got a, a cabinet maker client um, who's still going as normal, like nothing's really changed. Hmm. Um, and I mentioned how I was doing Facebook ads. I was doing Facebook ad campaigns um, hmm. for this client and it, it was struggling. Like it wasn't, it wasn't getting many leads in. You should mm. see now. Um, so, and that I think it started the first week of that ad campaign was when everything was like teetering on the brink. Like, are we going to be working remotely? Are we going to be, you know, in shutdown? No one really knew what was going on. So everything was just in limbo at that point. And not that we're still we're still in limbo in a way, but um, people, you know, workers had yet to actually 
let's say, re- re- remove themselves from offices and, and be locked in, yeah. in, indoors in homes. And since that's happened, like a week after that, everyone working from home or just, just staying home, um, so much time on their hands, Bunning started going mental, right? Yeah. So Bunning, Bunning <clears throat> um, you know, shutting out the public for the first couple of hours of, of the day and only allowing like trades and, and essential um, services to go in. Um, because they're, they're just in such high demand at the moment. People are thinking, what can I do around the house in terms of DIY stuff, right? Mm. So that's, that's actually just flicked the switch for my clients. They're getting mm. leads like there's no tomorrow. So now the campaign's been going about three weeks, this advertising campaign. But you could pretty much say in oh, about two weeks, he's received close to 50 leads for kitchen renovations. That's amazing, you know? That's pretty impressive, yeah. And, but... In general, that industry, so that the cabinetry industry, are panicking because um, some clients, you know, been speaking to, to other um, people in the industry. Uh, what's happening is some attitude attitudes are different in different pockets of Perth. I'm, I'm, I'm being told. So some so some people some people where where um, they had already signed up with with other businesses to you know get a kitchen made or, or you know, some, some cabinetry made, they put it on pause because they're yeah. concerned about um, tradies and, and other people coming into their homes. Um, whereas my, my client hasn't reported that to me. He, he's, he hasn't, you know, he's gone out quoting and that type of thing. He's taken all the, all the right precautions and, you know, covering himself and, you know, mask and all that type of thing um, and gloves and, and the like. But he hasn't reported any reluctance uh, for people to have him around to measure up and things like that. So he's doing a lot of quoting. Um, Yeah, like I said, close to 50 leads for kitchen renovation jobs. Amazing, amazing result. Um, So that's something that I didn't expect, but it's not quite translating to the rest of that industry. Like I said, a lot of them are are panicking. Yeah, but they're also not um, putting themselves out there like my client is. So he's putting himself in front of the demand. Okay. He's making himself be seen. A lot yeah. of, a lot of other businesses in the, in the industry are just going into their shell. And this is, mm. this is something I've been saying on my social media. Now is the time to shine, right? Get yourself out yeah. there, you know, um, because you know, the, those around you, your competitors are not going to they let them go into their shell. You stand out. We're not in full lockdown. Construction industry is still going. It's still going. Right. So be one of the few that uh, grabs it by the, by, by the bull by its horns and go for it. And the yeah. ones that are, you know, in my, from my experience, the ones that are doing it are, are doing well. Um, as long as we yeah. don't go into a full-blown government quarantine type of thing like they've done in, you know, in Europe um, and, and, parts of, and parts of America. Mm. Well, you know, take the, take the necessary health precautions, but keep your business going, you know. You got to keep business going because your economic impact is going to be exactly exactly yeah. So it's Uh, very interesting times. And you know what? Another thing I've noticed is that actually just this morning, coming into the office to um, to do the podcast, um, it it takes me. It's like a three or four minute drive from home to here, Mm. and the amount of people out walking is far more than, than previous to, to all this um, virus stuff. And mm. I, put, I suppose I put it down to the fact that, you know, during the working week, everyone's, you know, caged in and locked in and they're not getting out of the home. And come, yeah. come, come Saturday morning and probably Sunday, everyone just wants to get out and get some fresh air. I saw so many groups of, um, 
people, you know, walking, getting exercise, riding bikes. Um, yeah. it, um, there was some, you know, family of four type of thing. I know it's only supposed to be two, two at a time, isn't it? Um, right. Two at a time. Anyway. But I think they live in the families. Well, okay, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, you're going to be with your family, whether you're in the house or, or walk along the footpath. So I suppose it doesn't make much difference. <laughs> um, people, uh, there was a, a personal trainer with one client, which is you know the regulation at the moment, um, at a park. You know, doing a, a boxing, um, boxing training. Mm. And mate, it was. I, I must have seen. I think about nine groups. I counted. Yeah. Of of you know two people, three people, four people. Yeah, everyone's just cooped up and, and just dying to get out of the house. Yeah, I think I think it's uh, everyone's just struggling. I think at the moment with just staying at home and mm. being enclosed. Yeah, oh, a bit of normality. I, I um I watched the movie Contagion last night. Yeah, because that's uh, been uh, there's been a few things in the media about it. Think, yeah, I think it was made in two thousand nine, if I remember right. No, it wasn't. Uh, uh, I don't think it was on Netflix. But anyway, I watched it. Very interesting. Very interesting. It's like a, a script of what's happening now. Um, yeah. You know, uh, so basically, a disease starts from a bat um, and gets in. You know, gets through a restaurant, goes to you know, a bat contaminates uh, a pig, and then you know that that pig is is taken to a rest. You know, and and that I think is the meat contaminates one person, and then it contaminates the waiter, and it just carries on like that, and. Um, <laughs> yeah, just all the panic and and all that type of thing is yeah. Um, you know they 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 tell people you've got to socially isolate. They use all the same terminology that we're hearing. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's um, got a pretty good cast. Yeah, um, Gwyneth, Gwyneth, Gwyneth crazy, Gwyneth, Gwyneth crazy Paltrow, Kate Winslet, Jude Matt, Law. Matt Damon, Jude Law, Lawrence Fishburne. Not bad. Yeah, there's some names in that. I'd, I'd never seen it before. Never really heard about it before. To but be it's just a it's just a blueprint for what's happening now. Honestly, it's just almost like a carbon copy. Apart from there was a couple of scenes where people are rioting and looting businesses, and we haven't seen anything like that. It's not it's not that crazy. But no. um, I was thinking because everyone's paranoid about rioting and looting because they're too close to each other. They'll be all locked up at home. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably one 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 of the one of the positives. Mm. Yes, very interesting, very interesting film. Apparently, it's been um, uh, doing pretty well in terms of like online uh, online rentals and that type of thing in the past uh, yeah. couple of weeks. Did, so, did yeah. the disease come from Wuhan, China? Uh, Hong Kong, I think it was. Oh, Hong Kong. Yeah, I think, I think they said Hong Kong. <laughs> hmm, very interesting. But interesting. the the virus that they um, that they that they use, the coronavirus that they use, is. Um, some sort of virus that kills you like within hours type of thing. It's not, it's not like the, you know, the, the one that we've got going on at the moment. Okay. So, yeah. And also, um, you know how, you know, I was talking about the conspiracy podcast that I was listening to. Yeah. yeah. In the past week, they, these guys did another episode. Um, well, I'll name it. It's called, what's it called? Good general knowledge, general, general knowledge podcast. Hmm. Um, yeah, so that basically their their idea is their opinion is that it's a hoax. That's it. The whole thing's a hoax. Well, I wouldn't call it a hoax because uh, you wouldn't. Mind. You you're not the nut job. <laughs> <laughs> but there, they, they just you know that's it. This coronavirus, it's a hoax. It's a corona hoax. Hashtag corona hoax. 
That's a new one. Hey? That's, Mate, that's, that's a good not, hashtag. Like, and like I said, not a shred of evidence to back that up. It's just their opinion. It's a hoax. The whole thing is a hoax. Right? All the cases... All these cases that we've seen, it's all bullshit. These people are not really dying dying of a of a pandemic virus. No. No. They're, well, they're faking done. they're faking the numbers, they're faking the news. Can you fucking believe this? Wow. That's pretty Oh yeah. man, it's out there. Um Yes. Oh, actually, going back to, to Contagion, um the movie. One thing that they uh they they no, obviously you know Spoiler alert, they find a vaccine in the end, okay? Um, and what they do is, and this is, this is one thing where uh, these conspiracy theorists are probably on the ball with this type of thing because they're going on about, um, you know, the, the martial law and the authoritarian one world order. What is it? New world order. The new world order. Stuff and all this kind of stuff. Anyway, um, so in the movie, they, they find a vaccine, but, everyone who receives the vaccine has to wear on their wrist a digital certificate. Okay. So, you know, for, you know, to track that they've like yeah. their movement and everything. Right. So they can't move anywhere in, you know, in the city or whatever without um, wearing that uh, digital band certificate around their wrist. And then they have to, there's checkpoints and they have to get that scans to go through checkpoints and that type of thing. So, that is something that I, you know, I did a bit of Googling and Mr. Bill Gates, apparently. Yes, I read that. He wants yeah. to. Mr. Bill Gates is pushing for a digital ID for people who get the vaccine when a vaccine comes about, all right? Straight yeah. out of fucking movie. So, yeah, I'd be curious why he would want that, but anyway, and what's it to him? And there is actually, a, there is actually a, an organization pushing for this called ID2020. Well, what do you know, 2020? So let's not say that these conspiracy theorist guys are all that whack job. They've, 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 you know, they're on the money with some things, I think. Um, Jeez. Oh, yeah, I don't agree with you. That's, that's no, wrong, completely wrong. I mean, you can just say that, you know, this digital ID or digital certificate, whatever. They're to- these conspiracy guys are talking about that it's going to be implanted in, in your hand, okay, rather than mm-hmm. in the movie, like I said, it's just a wristband. Mm. Who knows? I don't know. I think, and I think Bill Gates has taught, has he's actually said it. He's taught a number of times, had done interviews, done online, um, you know, Q and A things, and he's talking about getting like a a chip implanted in in the hand, like under the skin or some or something like that. That's no. just uh, that's weird. Yeah, to me. no, that's yeah, like no. I would I would definitely not want that crap if they were trying to no. try to bring that bring that stuff in. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, so much. And, and how was the comments from uh, the former British Prime Minister, was it Gordon Brown? Yeah, I sent you that link as well, didn't I? I, mean, it's yeah. not, I thought, wow. What's <laughs> He's I uh, was pretty average Prime Minister as it was for England, um, for the United Kingdom. So he That's has, in the last week or so, he has called for a unified one government for the whole world. Yes. Right? Gordon Brown. <laughs> we, were, we were laughing about this last week or the week before. Yeah. And then you go and do a Google search and you find these articles in mainstream media. Yeah, yeah, so-and-so wants a, wants a government for the whole world. Oh, come on, seriously, for a global government. I don't, know how, you, I don't know how you would handle this, but um, it's out there. Yeah. This stuff is... Right. is and and let know. me guess, would Saudi Arabia be in charge of uh, human rights? 
And women's rights? No, it would all be centrally. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, the, the laws would be made all centrally. I don't know where. Mm. The UN or right. the, the WHO. Or, or, or Belgium. Because uh, everything else is in Belgium. Um, what else did I find uh, in my, uh, my little conspiracy research? Oh, yes. Here we go. In October last year, October 2009, there was an event held uh, by the John, Hop- John Hopkins Center for Health Security. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure which city or, or country this took place in. It was called Event 201, okay? And it was sponsored by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Mm-hmm. And it, what it was was a, a simulation of a worldwide pandemic. So this was October. And then the, this pandemic starts a few months later in uh, December yeah. in China. Okay. <sighs> did, did they know something that, that, uh, that we didn't? I don't know. Hmm. Yes. What, no. Just hey, the timing. What, what, the timing seems weird. That's all. Did you also see the announcement that uh, our, our state government announced with Mr. Mr. Forrest about the donations from China or the purchases from China of medical equipment? Medical equipment? Uh, I didn't. I don't know any specifics, but I, I did see something I about I, a lot of yeah, the equipment yeah. being dodgy. Was that about yeah, well, it's anyway, a lot of this equipment come from China, and. It was, and they were thanking the Chinese government for helping and supplying and allowing all this. I'm like, that's so the people that caused it again, thanks for helping <laughs> fix the problem. I was like, my I was wife, like, okay. my, my wife said it best to me the other day. She goes, The arsonist is holding the fire hose. Yes, <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> that's a good analogy, exactly. Yeah. yeah, the arsonist is the fireman. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. It's you know. Yeah. Smiling while they stab look, everyone in the back. Look at this. Look what I've done. I put the fires out, but I created it. Uh, that's actually ironic because the majority of fires are uh, done by arsonists, so, mm. as we saw in the bushfires, which speaking of bushfires, you don't hear much talk about bushfires anymore, do you? All that bushfire relief and all that money that got raised, what's happened now? It's just fallen off the perch. Not a word's been said about it. That or um, or climate change or oh well we don't not hear much from Greta or I was going to say uh, we, we don't hear about Miss Greta anymore apparently apparently she was trying to get herself in the news by claiming that she had she had uh, COVID nineteen who knows yeah. who knows what the truth is um, truth is somewhere you, in the middle there all right anyway we did say before this let's not spend too much time on this uh, virus stuff. Um, I'm not going to get. No, I'm not going to get all conspiratorial, but there are just some some question, iffy questions. Um, oh, the last thing on that. There's also a bunch of um, YouTube videos uh, that I came across yesterday. Um, people claiming that you know that it's all a hoax type of thing. You know, they reckon that this is in the US. Seeing reports on on the t- the TV news that there's um, you know people lined up you know, long lines outside hospitals to waiting mm-hmm. to get uh, tested to see if they've got the virus, right? And then they're yeah. going, they, these people reckon they're going down to the hospitals directly after seeing the, the reports uh, and there's no one there. It's all quiet, you know, where, where is this pandemic type of thing? It's all, it's all a hoax. There's no one there. Well, I don't know about the, the lines or whatever, but it's all inside the hospitals, right? <laughs> It's not going to be. It's not going to be. They're not going to be treating people on in the car park. Yes. So, anyway. Yeah, but I saw a video the other day of supposedly New York Hospital there, of just bodies lying around in body bags, and I'm like, 
So how come there's no one around? This guy's able to take all this video with all these bodies with no, with no one else there. I found that what, a little bit. There were just bodies lying there. Lying no, in body bags. We'd like body bags everywhere. And no security on around. The floor. And there's like, surely there'd be doctors, nurses, you know, there'll be people around. But anyway. So I don't think there were, yeah, there's bodies everywhere. It sounds a bit weird. If there were dead bodies in body bags, there would be security, health officials, all kinds of well, stuff you'd, going on. You'd normally think that. So Where'd you see this video? Oh, some something going around on not YouTube on you know, Messenger or whatever it was. I don't know. Half the shit you say, you've got to really question whether it's uh, legit. Um, True. Or NBC, you see NBC in America saying the hospitals in New York are in crisis and the video they were showing was actually a hospital in Bergamo from three days before. Yes, I did see that. So they used... They reused footage from, from Italy to claim that it was, was it New York? Yeah, Did New York. And Donald Trump wasn't York. doing anything about it. Yeah. Like, Look, that's, that's the sick. American media for you. You know, they're just trash. I wouldn't say that nothing is going on in, in whatever hospital they were claiming it was, but they probably didn't have any footage of it, so they just grabbed whatever they could find and, you know, whatever hospitals are hospitals, so that'll do. Yeah, yeah but uh, come on. you got to be a little... You know, oh, it's... It's shit journalism. Yeah. It's shit reporting. It's 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 a joke. But yeah, actually day, speaking of reporting, oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, oh, sorry, one thing I want to talk about. What do you think of the they're all banging on now about the Ruby Princess and how it was actually the New South Wales Health Department that let him off the uh, off the boat? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I told you, didn't I? It was the health minister, yeah. right? It's yeah. his call. And now it's I saw something. I didn't. I didn't read the the article, but I saw a headline something about there was a. Uh, an email trail going around. From, so they, yeah, they, yeah. they, before they disembarked them, they knew that the, um, there was a health issue on board. Yeah. yeah so how, the, how do and, heads uh, not roll? How do heads not and, roll? And um, Dutton's, uh, as much as I'm not really a fan of Dutton, you know that. Well, the border force actually told him, do not, <laughs> just be aware, there's a lot of people with COVID 19 on there actually telling them. There's an actual email saying to them, be careful. They let them off the ship. And what did they do? They let them off the ship. And New South know. Wales has the most cases in all of Australia. Yeah. Why. And now we've got the issue with, but the, no, everyone's like, a lot of people I've been speaking to have been saying, get rid of the ship, just send them back to port, get them out where they come from. Yeah. Right. yeah. Let them die at sea. So I said, yeah. So number one is like, number one, you've got an international obligation to look after people of whose health is at risk. Number two, well, there is 130 or 140 Australians stuck on a ship outside the United States at the moment. What do you want to do with them? Exactly. What, do we send them back to port? Do, like, you know, so the media's been a bit hush about that. Yeah, I haven't heard that. As, so is that yeah. uh, that ship? Yeah. Where is it? There's a ship Which, at, it's outside of Florida. Florida. In the United States. But is there a health, still reckon there's an, is there a health yeah, issue with that one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people with COVID-19 on it. Okay. So they're, they're saying, well, okay, there's one and there's plenty more ships with, with Australian passengers around, around the world Yeah. at the moment. So interesting times, my friend. Interesting. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, all right, jump off that. Yeah, uh, yeah, jump off that. I had okay. to actually say, oh, all right, unless you got something else, else on something else on uh, just to, but it doesn't matter. If it'll come back to me, oh. I'll probably talk about it next week. I'm sure we'll still be in this lockdown and doing Zoom. So, well, we're not technically in a lockdown, are we? Well, well, isolation, I should say, self isolation, yeah. self isolation. And my, it's, uh, speaking of, it's very quiet out there. Very quiet. You know, one thing I've one thing I've noticed is um, 
on Facebook and YouTube, uh, a lot of singers and artists uh, are doing like um, little mini concerts to to their webcam, pretty much for their for their yeah. audience or for their fans. I like that. I mean, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so I saw one. Um, I saw Paul Didn't Stanley. Elton John do one? Did he? Oh, okay. Didn't yeah, I'm pretty sure Elton John did one. Yeah. Um, I saw a few clips from uh, Paul Stanley from Kiss, just in yeah. his like in his music room and his in his house. Um, singing a few songs and also talking about albums and things like that. Uh, so that that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. And the, uh, but uh, do you know um, shopping centers? You look at go to a shopping center. Have you been to one lately? I've probably been going a couple times a week since this is this it's, whole it's situation. It's an eerie started. feeling walking into a shopping center. Eerie closed. People looking at you funny. <laughs> I went to Aldi the well, other day and was like, "Let's be honest." I was like, people, up. Yeah. People, people look at you funny at the best of times, man. <laughs> <laughs> look at that stallion that's what I'm probably thinking <laughs> yeah anyway wearing masks yeah, but just, and stuff uh, yeah just look, wearing masks and they're looking at you like you know when you walk past them you know, yeah, you're trying to social distance but you know walk around and sometimes you know God yeah, forbid yeah. you're within a metre not 1.5 metres and they're just looking at you weird. I was like, "Oh, geez, sorry." Oh, it's very noticeable. Thought, the um, there's a, there's like this tension in the air in a way. Yeah, you know, this people are uh, just apprehensive about you know walking past each other and yeah, like I've said it, said it before, like it's it's sort of like this um, extreme courteous courtesy, but it's not really. It's just everyone's no, scared. Of, everyone's scared of their own shadow at the moment. Yeah, and, and I don't think the, the shops that, are are booming like they were. I think the hoarding and the purchasing of excess stuff has slowed down a fair bit. Well, I've noticed that um, toilet paper I still haven't noticed on shelves. It's not noticeable well, that, it's, that, that these shelves are still empty. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, toilet paper, but they, the, the uh, shop near my house had, had it in stock. Did they? Okay. So, so it's coming like going back out to get there first thing I in think, the morning to get in. I think people are slowly realising that, you know, there's still going to be stock of these things. We don't need to yeah. be, you know, lose our minds. Um, Hopefully. Hope, Hopefully. You'd hope. You'd, you'd hope. But then again, you know, some people are very narrow-minded, very simple. Oh, that's what I wanted to bring up. Your thoughts on the uh, Premier and the Police Minister closing the border of Western Australia, actually officially closing the border of Western Australia. Look, I don't know. Because I think well, my that opinion if, is if, very if, if each state is just going to eradicate this thing once and for all, mm-hmm. isn't, isn't that, you know, isn't it necessary? Oh, look, yes. Well, I look at it this way. What's, well, the, what's the big deal? Who's going to be travelling in and out anyway? Because you can still well, travel. You can still travel in and out when you've got official business to do and that type of thing. You just get, get an exemption. I just don't like. I don't. I don't think it's the premier's decision personally. For me, as a resident of Western Australia, to say no, you can't come back home. First, second is last time I checked, I don't need a passport to go interstate. So what rise you got to close the border? Yeah. Thirdly, I thought from what someone was saying, it's actually unconstitutional for him to close the border. Okay. So. Like, <laughs> well, we've said it before. All these, this is a perfect opportunity for governments to <clears> seize, <throat> seize extra powers. And the only yep. question is, all right, these are extraordinary circumstances. The only question I have about this stuff is what is going to happen when we're just in general, um, you know, it's not, let's call it wartime, you know, or virus time, you know, when, everything's, when everything's supposedly back to normal, all right? Mm. Are they are they still going to be able to um, you know enforce these restrictions, whether it be closing borders, closing you know creating 
um, no travel between regions within mm. states and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, this is to me. Are they, is, are they still going to be yeah. allowed to, you know, able to state that you know only two people can be out in public together at a time and stuff like mm. this? See, I have and a what property. Are the circ- and also, what are the circumstances that they're going to be able to implement these type of things? Is it only going to be when there's a pandemic going on around the world, or is it just mm. going to be? I yeah. don't know. Are I'm, they going to? Are they, is, it, is this just a major power grab opportunity? And absolutely. That power never gets put back in the can, you know? Well, absolutely. This like, I've got a property that I have to pass two border checkings to get to. Now, they might say you've got no need to go there, but I've got to check on the property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To make sure it's all right, you know? God forbid, it's my property. Yeah. What about if something's broken there or, you know, what about if someone's broken in? And look, these, these conspiracy <clears throat> nut jobs talk about, you know, we're, we're becoming the hunger games or whatever and, you know, that sort of thing. And you've got to wonder, mate, you know? You gotta wonder what are we what are we gonna be like in hundred years time? No, oh, or less. I I find that I find that very frustrating that I've been told no, you can't do this and you can't do that, and I can't travel within my own state. And what what I, I if that's I, the case, I, how about I don't pay my taxes? Is that all right? Yeah. I don't pay my 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 um my my car rego because at the end of the day I can't travel. So why am yeah. I paying for it? Good luck trying that. Um, but thank you. That's my point. One phrase that you keep hearing in the media all the time is the new normal, the new normal. Mm. That just condition people, right? No, let's not accept that this is the new normal. Let's, mm. let's accept only that this is extraordinary times, that these measures are only temporary and we're going back to the old normal. Not, you know, this, the new normal. It's just such social conditioning. Man. Yeah. And hearing it. Yes. No, but no one should... Part- no one should ever want this to be the new normal or any kind of normal. So uh, um, they passed the, I heard the state government pass laws that, um, that if, obviously if someone threatens someone with COVID nineteen, they go to jail. Um, if they, uh, what enough. was the other one? People have yeah, been coughing on cops and stuff. I don't have, yeah, I don't have a problem with that one. Yeah. And then if you've been caught, they're going to put a tracker on you. You'd live in your isolation. Whoa, the communist China, the gulags, Russia, North Korea. That's what they do there. If this, if this virus was the, the virus. And they put that, that in they, for a year and then they, then they decide if they're going to repeal it. They're going to yeah. decide if they're going to repeal it. There you go. Oh, so that means course, they're not going to repeal it. This stuff never gets repealed, man. Now, that would be maybe a legitimate thing to do if this virus was the one depicted in uh, Contagion because basically you get it. And or Ebola. You get it and you're dead within hours. You know, but this is, it's a flu, okay? And it's killing the elderly more so than, than anyone else mm-hmm. and people with pre, you know, pre-existing conditions. Existing conditions. It's, not, so, it's not as deadly as, you know, as a virus can be. Let's put it that way. But, so. I don't know. A lot of people that I've spoken to, you know, uh, are saying, you know, this, this is such a ridiculous situation. It's such an overreaction. All these um, restrictions that uh, have been imposed on the public. And, and everything. Um, and the answer to that is yes and no, I think. It's not, it's, it's not black and white. Um, see, I don't like see, the one with the, with the, with the um, putting the tracking device. What about if you want to go, someone you know is dying, you need to go see him, your parents are dying. Or, yeah, yeah, of course. Or you, you, know, yeah. you want to go say, oh, you've been arrested. I'm sorry, you got to wear a tracker now. So hang on a minute. <laughs> so there's, everyone goes, oh, but they shouldn't have left the house. I said, well, how do you know his circumstances aren't? You don't know all the circumstances. So it's, unfortunately, it's like the, people are quick to judge. You know what I mean? There's, there's, yeah. there's a million extraordinary circumstances. It's like the digital certificate thing. You know, if you get 
so you can distinguish between people who've been vaccinated and, and not. And this is mm. what Mr. Gates is pushing for. Yes, Mr. Gates. And also, also interesting that he's uh, he's. Actually, I don't mind Bill Gates. I've never been that um, you know uh, sceptical about him. I think you know I always thought that he's a you know a good entrepreneur and and all that. But anyway, you know, it's also interesting that he stepped down from the board of Microsoft like a you know a week ago, yeah. just as this pandemic is is hitting. And you know, he's, and he said that the reason why is because he wants to concentrate more on. Um, you know, global health issues and and yeah. fighting climate change and you know all the, all these causes that uh, he's involved in with his foundation. It's just yeah. I don't know. But there's I've, been a few people thro- that have stepped, yeah. I just I was just gonna say it throws up a lot of questions that, that I don't have answers to. But yeah, questions are there. Yeah, it's very uh, it's very strange. And I'm just I'm just a skeptical person. And maybe like yeah. maybe like I said. Um, last week, maybe I'm sounding more like those uh, those conspiracy guys. Maybe they've gotten to me. I don't know. Well, unfortunately, like you were saying, it's uh, it's. Um, there's a client. There's a client. And then, and it's, and it's um, unfortunately, it's not so much the. Uh, it's it, what I'm trying to say is that that's how we've expected things now. It's just how it's become. It's weird. It's very weird. But anyway. You mean the, all these restrictions and authoritarian yeah. things? It's it's yeah. the old frog in what's the the analogy? The frog in the um, in the boiling water. You know, mm. you just slow. They just slowly, slowly turn up the heat, and you don't. Mm. You know, you gradually just get used to it, so it doesn't doesn't scorch you all at once. Mm. Absolutely, that's that's the way they take. You know, that's, that's why what, they take extra um, extra power into their hands. I don't know and. There's probably not a lot of thought of it, you know, the authorities and governments. There's probably not that much thought and organisation gone into it, really. It's probably just mm. a kind of um, organic or natural occurrence over time. It just happens, you know. Yeah. Just, as, people, anyway, as people and societies trust each other, trust each other less, and just a natural consequence of it. I don't know. Anyway, well, just over COVID nineteen, honestly, really, am right. starting to. Take, um, uh, did you during the week there was the um, the the Ben Cousins documentary? Did you watch it? I didn't because I didn't believe it was worth watching. Well, correct. You know what I'm correct to say. on that. Correct on that. Because uh, I don't think that I, th- I thought it was just a power grab of a person who's going through a tough time in his life, and they were just trying to political monetize his suffering. So I thought, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to watch it. I don't think that Paul deserved to. They know he's in a vulnerable state, so they just took advantage of him. So, well, apparently, apparently he. They said his family, but I don't know who they're meaning uh, when they say that. Um, approached Channel Seven to do it, mm. um, rather than the other way around. So mm. I don't know. I think um, Basil Zemplis was uh, maybe good in good intentions, but very misguided when it come when it came to you know doing that, all those interviews and, and, and just putting the whole thing together. I think the producers of it absolutely exploited and manipulated him like there's no tomorrow. Oh, I was listening to um, the former police commissioner. Uh, he was talking about it this morning on the radio on the way, on the way here. Oh, okay. the podcast. What do you say? And even he, even he was saying, he goes, he goes the Channel 7, he goes, shouldn't have, shouldn't have run with it after okay. seeing it and just taking pure advantage of it. Of a vulnerable situation, and so deep down in my head, I was going, "Yeah, I was right for not watching it. Yeah, not wasting oh, it was, my time. It was very ir- irresponsible of them." But at the end of the day, right? 
you know that's a, a topic that gets gets clicks and hits and um, and you know people are um, interested you know because you know Ben Cousins is such a or was such was. a big a big figure in Perth you know in his in his forty days and rightly so he was you know he's one of the best, one of the, uh, best. one of the best footballers you've ever seen probably yeah. Um, yeah. Sad circumstances, but um, and I know even you know the producers. I, I reckon just took the piss out of him completely. Mm. You know there was a scene where the producer is sitting next to him on the on the park bench in a park somewhere, and um, just really blowing smoke up his backside. You know, getting him to con- getting him to spill his guts and just say yeah. s- just say silly things and stupid things. Actually, you was know. that the scene where the? Cause I heard was he talking about his children then? Oh, I think it That's, was. Yeah. When, and he was getting like all agitated, and he was saying he called some people to mediate, you know, to give up his brown load just to say see his kids. And I think, think I they think so. Just, yeah, they were just probing, probing him. This guy's obviously exactly his children. Exactly, they just manipulated him to keep him talking. You know, keep him keeping like, saying all these things because at the end of the day, yeah. he's his brain's fried. Okay, mm. his brain's fried, and who knows if he can ever come back from that? Probably, probably not. Probably once you know you've been doing all these drugs for so many years, I would imagine you get past a certain point and you're never going to become fully coherent again. Yeah, and um, yeah, it's it was it sickening, was, sickening to see. Um, so I'm I'm actually glad I didn't watch it. To be honest, uh, after especially listening this morning on the radio, yeah. what they were saying. No, I thought, no I'm need. so glad. There's no need to. I watched it on um, on the replay channel thing. Um, I didn't watch it when it was actually aired. But uh, yeah, it was just it was just a pointless exercise, pointless completely. Pointless, yeah. Sam, it's a it's a, it's a, it's a sad, sad situation, and they just try to take advantage of a sad situation, which I think is again journalism gutter, okay. gutter journalism gone wrong. Um, I saw just uh, while we're semi on the topic of uh, AFL there, but let's uh, let's get into to some AFL. Um, I saw on Footy Classified. Is it Footy Classified that Matthew Lloyd and uh, yeah. Caroline Wilson? Is the one. Caroline Wilson, yeah, and 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 Craig Hutchison. So yeah. Matthew Lloyd suggested that what they should do for the remainder of this season is, if they're able to play any, um, you know, play kind of play whatever you can towards the back end of this season, and then attach this season onto next season. So it's a twenty 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 one big season, right? Where yeah. there's Everyone plays 34 games. Everyone plays everyone home and away, like we've been saying for God knows how long. Yeah. God knows how long. So everyone plays everyone home and away, and um, and then you know you have a final series after that, I suppose. Um, yeah. And I thought that's a brilliant idea. Finally, maybe you know if, if they were to take that advice, they would finally get a a home and away season, a proper mm. one. And immediately they just rubbished him. Like, what are you talking about? That's crazy. I think they rubbished him because what he he had to dig at. The club saying that if whoever wins, say the 2020 premiership, is going to have an asterisk totally. forever. Of course, right? And so to, no, elimin- any- to eliminate that, that you know, that asterisk, combine whatever remains of this season with with a full next season, and you have like I, a you know a, a two year or can, one, if, one if, and a half year get, mega season. I like that idea. If they, if they can have if they can have at least seventeen games, well then okay, everyone plays each other once. I get it, so it's fine. It's not happening. 
Yeah, but again, we don't know. You know, they're saying mid end of May or something. There's they might have a look at trying to restart we'll the see. season. We'll see. Anyway. We'll see. Anyway, the, the other issue thing, you're going to have is you're going to have is the grand final because if you get delayed with uh, cricket, the the big bash league, yeah. I mean, the cricket and the cricket centre are not going to turn around and say, "Yeah, no worries, AFL, just come and take the MCG." Well, they just um, they have to move it to the Perth, maybe. That ain't going to happen because they got a they got a contract they got a contract with the um, Victorian government. It's got to be at the MCG. Uh, okay, yes, but there was also I heard some talk about some flexibility over that for this year. Surely, there's got to be the discussion. You're talking about Daniel Andrews, so I don't really rate him as a premier <laughs> either. So any bloke gives away a billion dollars, but then again, try to gave away a billion dollars, so a billion might. a billion dollars to not build a road. Yeah, a billion dollars. Uh, there you go, company. I'll give you a billion dollars not to do your job. There you go. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, that's Victoria. Best deal, big, best deal in history, that one there. Special case, that one. Um, the other thing unique. The other thing in footy media that I saw this week was uh, Eddie Maguire tangling with uh, Chomper Tony Jones. Did yeah. you see that? It was both, on, both, both Collingwood supporters, mind you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Maguire like just ripped into him when uh, – ripped mm. into Jones when Jones questioned him uh, I think it was like on on the six o'clock news. It was the news, yes, yeah, yeah. It was the news, yeah. About what was the question was about whether Collingwood members or I, I suppose AFL members in general should get their membership money returned to them for for this season if the, if, if there are no mm. games type of thing. And and Eddie Maguire just bit back, you know, if there's no if there's no fans paying memberships, then there's no clubs. And I could I could see that argument. Mm. Uh, in a way, I think he went a bit too hard, but he's right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and bearing in mind, you pay a membership of a club. Just because you get ga- tickets to the game yeah. doesn't mean you're buying the tickets. Well, to the game. Well, you're look, buying the membership. Straight the up, tickets cost- are the uh, are a bonus of being a member. Straight up, it's cost me twelve hundred dollars this season. Right, mm. that's that's mm. that's the cost of my Eagles membership. Right, with mm-hmm. 11, 11 home games. Um, I might not get any of that back and I might not get to go into any games. Hmm. That's a shame and that money would be handy in my pocket, definitely. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm not going to go beating down the Eagles' door to get it back. You know, if mm. they – hopefully they kind of compensate if, – if, if there's, you know, no, no events, no games that you can actually go to for the, mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, let's say. Well, hopefully there will be some sort of – I don't know, reward, compensation, I don't know, merchandise deal, I don't know, something. It would be nice if, if the AFL and the Eagles and, and, and all clubs, you know, put together some sort of, some sort of um, package for its members. But then, all right, that's 1200 bucks. What about corporates, mate, who spends, you know, who knows, 20, well, that, that, that's, 20 that's grand the, plus or, or That's the whatever. big issue is the corporates. That's massive, um, um, uh, that's that's the issue. That is massive money, yeah. and that's that's probably where they'll lose. Um, well, if they have to give money back, that's where clubs would would lose the the major. Well, you're amounts. talking some of those corporate tickets are five hundred dollars a game. Yeah, that's big, but you know? yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, look, twelve hundred dollar hole in my pocket. At the end of the day, look, I'm not. I'm look. I can't speak for other fans because you know I'm sure there's other fans that. All right, at the time they paid their membership, they could they paid it because they could afford it. But at the moment, there's probably plenty that now they can't afford that, and you know mm. they they need that. You know whether it's 
there's there's membership you know for a season that did I, you I'll see a um, lot, lot less than 1200 but even if it's three or four hundred that would be much better used in or, or much more needed in their pockets um mm. so i feel for those people definitely do you see the they were saying there's a report in the afl saying that out of the whole competition there'll only be four clubs that might be able to ride this out without going to afl for assistance and that's west coast well, collingwood Hawthorne, and richmond yep Hawthorne as well. They're, they're pretty well off, are they? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Hawthorne's pretty, pretty. I think they got that big injection from Tasmania. Right? So, oh, the, um, yeah, sponsored by the Tassie government. Yeah, yeah. Right. So, so, so you look right now, it's like, wow. <laughs> mm. Doesn't let the, the AFL's got a big, big problem. I mean, what are they going to do with North Melbourne Gold Coast and kill the Western Bulldogs? How they got no money. Gonna survive, yeah. How are they going to survive? How, how on Wasn't earth are they it? Gonna... I like, Hawthorne is sponsored by the Tasmanian government, but why, there's all this talk about North Melbourne going to, uh, yeah, like to moving to system. moving Launce to system. Tasmania. Yeah. yeah, but one was to Hobart and one was to Launceston, and two ends of the uh, spectrum right. in Tasmania. There's no point two clubs going to Tasmania. No. I can't see that working. Ideally, you'd want Gold Coast and North Melbourne to merge to form the uh, Northern Kangaroos. Uh, person and stay in Gold Coast, yeah. Gold Coast Kangaroos or Northern Coast Kangaroos that's I what I believe. I know, and the Western Bulldogs can relocate to GWS, merge with them, they have the golden uh, move to Greater Western, Greater Western City Bulldogs. <laughs> That'd be too good. Are, are the Bulldogs struggling quite a bit? They're, 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 they've got financial problems too. Yeah. St Kilda, they can just fall off the perch because the, no cares the, about the issue anyone. with, I mean, we saw it. However, many years back, when um, Hawthorne and North Mel- Hawthorne and Melbourne, Melbourne almost almost merged. What are you doing, Melbourne? The Melbourne Hawks. Pouring a drink. I hope that's a drink. Yeah, it was a drink. <laughs> um, yeah, like yeah, that came close to a merger there, but the yeah, reluctance, the reluctance was all because of basically pride in the clubs and tradition, right? Yep. So. Well, the same thing happened to North Melbourne. That was about 15 years ago. There was talk about before going Gold Coast establishing to relocate because the um, the Northern Kangaroos. Mm. Hence why they changed. Do you remember there was a period where they went from North Melbourne to the Kangaroos Football Club? Then yeah. they've gone back to North Melbourne. Ah, oh, so that was to try and prep for a... That was trying uh, to prep a for a move. Yeah. No, a move to a, move. a relocation to, to, to Gold Coast. Yeah. And then Brayshaw came along and... Well, there's a, um, a Fox footy... Uh, documentary about that, and I've actually got it recorded on uh, on the Foxtel box. I still haven't watched it. Called uh, "Keeping North South," so it's all about yeah. the movement to keep North Melbourne from from that move because mm. within the club they didn't want to go. So it was all about fighting that. Well, no, no one would want to go. And oh, look, we well, I'm person in the waffle. I'm a West Perth supporter, and I love to see my team keep their name. But I think it's inevitable that sooner or later something's going to have to change. Yeah. They're going to have to either be called the Northern Falcons or Junior well, Falcons. They've or been fighting. West Perth's been fighting that for years, haven't they? Yeah. Well, um, they've got an issue with the, a lot of the um, local businesses won't throw won't money sponsor. at them yeah. because of this. They're called West Perth, and you got young kids that go to the. They go. They go. Someone was saying I was just the radio talk about radio, and it didn't really click to me because you know, and it was like he must have been of uh, British descent because the way he was speaking. And he goes, "I take my son to the football," and he goes. Dad, which team shall I support? Because I'm not from West Perth or I'm not from wherever, East Perth or whatever. And they lived in the Junilup region. Yeah. I was like, 
Oh, that's pretty good call. <laughs> I did it yeah, they shortly after they moved there, didn't they, for a while? Yeah, it was they supposed to be. They, moved to, in, no, yeah. they changed their name for a little bit, didn't they? The, no, no, there was, they were supposed to. There was, the, there was the big hoo-ha that they were going to be called the Jindalap Falcons. I think that was the initial. Eventually, well, they probably... They might have to change the name. Even if they don't want to go specifically to Joondalup and encompass the whole region, they might just have to be called the Northern Falcons. Northern Falcons, yeah. yeah. And, and that encompasses the whole northern region, like as in right from Joondalup or all the way up to Two Rocks and, you know, all those suburbs up along down there. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about there, the demographic is all, about, yeah. is all about, you know, the real football because it's... The round ball game, it's, yeah. It's mini, it's mini England over up there or mini Britain. Um, and everyone's into soccer, so yes, absolutely. Everyone's into the round ball game over there. As you have a look, there's some a lot of round ball clubs up that way. Hmm. So it's saying that the, uh, but again, it's going to be interesting because how they're going to survive these other clubs? How these waffle teams going to survive? Besides Subiaco, Swans have got no money. West Perth's got no money. East Roman was a basket case. Freo yeah, gets like there, pumped there. some money into Peel, so that might be all right. East yeah. Perth, again, not a great deal of money. What do you do there? And this 2020 season, they can pretty much write it off. That's, it's uh, going to be a write-off. Yeah. So what happens there? We, we, everyone knows West Perth doesn't have any money at all. Well, they almost, they, they almost died last year, didn't they? Pretty much. Two years ago, yeah, that's right. Was it two years ago? They, yeah. I don't know how they got saved. Or the year before, yeah, yeah, sort of saved. Or last year, the year before, yeah, or two years ago. But what happens then? Mm. Interesting. The Waffles right. gonna, it's got a bit of a, yeah, they got, they got, they got some issues. NRL, we won't even talk about them. I'm not really into rugby, but they got some massive issues in the NRL. Mm. The A League, what really should do is go up to FIFA and ask them for some money because the, the FIFA's got plenty instead of addition out, to, um, taking all those bribes from. Qataris and all these rich people should just should uh, give it back to to football, the, the youngers, the the um, other leagues. Correct? Am I am I fair in oh, saying that? Totally, totally agree. Seth Blatter, the the biggest criminal in the history of uh, FIFA. What are your thoughts on Seth um, Seth Blatter? There, son. Has he got any involvement anymore with FIFA? I don't know. I think he's probably uh, better. He doesn't. Didn't he get? A, he got a ban, didn't he? Yeah, I think he did. He got a ban for some corruption or something. I don't know. I don't think I really followed the story because, you know, it wasn't, wasn't like it was a big revelation to me. Um, <laughs> and Platini, Platini. Oh, that's right. Yes. Yes, Platini copped the ban too. Um, yeah. I mean, the whole giving um, Qatar the, which was oh, 2022? Yeah, 2022. And also Russia 2018. You know, they did that all in one go. What a, it was a total scam. I was actually, when they when they did the awarding of that, like they they did the draw, not the draw, you know, the um, made the decision when they announced the decision. It was 2010. I was in Melbourne, and um, they put up a big screen at Federation Square in Melbourne. It was like two, three in the morning, something like that, right? And everyone was excited because Australia, you know, wanted the, which one was Australia going for? Was it 2022. 2022. Okay. Mm. And they were deciding two World Cup events in one announcement, which, is, which was unprecedented, which was absolutely ridiculous. So we go along to, because um, we were over in Melbourne for the U2 tour at the time. So it was a bunch of us. So I think it was about, about four of us. So we got up and went over to 
uh, Federation Square and there was heaps of people there like on watching big screen at that time in the morning. It was pretty cool. And when the announcements were made for, um, for Russia and then Qatar, oh, my God, we actually, we actually like we thought there was going to be a riot and, you know, there was going to be looting and people were throwing things at the screen and it was just chaos and we just went, boys, let's get out of here. Um, and we went back to the hotel. But it was so obvious that, that was such a you know, oh, that it was corrupt. I mean, it was so obvious. It was always going to. I happen. mean, Qatar does these beautiful drawings of stadiums that are air conditioned. Then after <laughs> it says, "No, we're not going to do air conditioned stadiums." I'm like, not, yeah. "What does that tell you?" It just showed the um, the naivety of the uh, organisation of football in Australia. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the hypocrisy of FIFA, yeah, because. They go around talking about FIFA fair play and, you know, and all this stuff that they talk about and yet they give it to a country that hasn't got the best human rights. Actually, the two countries, Russia and Qatar, what human rights they have. To be honest, 2022, I think Australia was also up against uh, United States, if I remember right. And I I reckon that the United States should have gotten it. You know, if if there was a legitimate um, uh, decision rather than a corrupt one, I reckon it should have gone to the United States. Over Australia. Yeah. Well, the thing about the United States, what a lot of people don't understand is they could have the entire World Cup just in the state of Texas. They've got enough stadiums for it, do they? They've got enough stadiums in the state of Texas alone to hold the World Cup. Well, there you go. So the infrastructure so, so think, was so, already so made. Because you, you're talking that the University of Texas has got a massive stadium of 50,000 people. Their college football is Their college insane. football is massive. It's the same size pitch. Yeah. Now, forget about all the state-of-the-art stadiums. That Atlanta's got that state-of-the-art stadium in um, where they had the Super Bowl. Las Vegas. Now, you've seen there's a new stadium being built in Las Vegas. That is absolutely incredible, whether it's going to be the home of the new LA Rams. So you've got all these stadiums in the United States. They could have it just in the state of Texas. Hang on. Texas, you could have the Texas World Cup. Did you say the LA Rams are going to play in Las Vegas? Oh, yeah, no, they, the LA Rams have relocated now. Oh, They're going to be called the Las, the Las Vegas. No, sorry, not the Rams, the Raiders. Sorry. The LA Raiders have relocated, because right. they do that in, in America, to to Las Vegas. So this, now is, N- this, is, this is NFL, NFL we're talking about. But yeah, NFL. They're only a new team in LA anyway. No, but they were originally the Oakland Raiders in California. All right. When did they move to LA? That's only in the last few years. Yeah. Yeah, but that. Um, no, they've been oh, off one there. Give me two seconds, mate. I'll tell you. Now. Remember Entourage? You watched the show Entourage, didn't you? There, yeah, there was a yeah. there was a um a part of that was you know Ari Ari Gold was trying to bring a NFL team to LA because LA never had a uh, um an uh, NFL team. Okay. So here that we, wasn't here that we go. long ago. Less than ten. Okay, years. so they were the Oakland Raiders. They were established in nineteen sixty. So nineteen sixty to nineteen sixty one, Oakland Raiders. Yep. Then. From 1962 to 1994, relocated to Los Angeles, called Los Angeles Raiders. In 1995, they relocated back to Oakland, called Oakland Raiders. Yeah, yeah. 2020, relocated to Los Angeles, called the Los Angeles Raiders. Right. So they just gone between the the, the the state. And they've actually got a. They're in a new stadium called the Allegiant Stadium. Okay. Which is a brand new stadium that's just been built. I find all that, that fascinating about, Vegas. about um, American sports, mainly mainly with baseball because I like I like um, following baseball. Of how the teams have moved all over the place, like you know, like yeah. 
you know, San Francisco Giants used to be the New York Giants and, you know, yeah. The Dodgers, though, the Brooklyn Dodgers. Brooklyn Dodgers moved and now they're the LA Dodgers. Well, it's only the Yankees really have never moved. The Yankees used to be called the New York Americans, I think it was. Yeah, but the actual team itself. Yeah, yeah. Well, they've moved within the city um, around yeah. different uh, different stadiums. Well, they're originally the Brooklyn, the Brooklyn, what's it called? The, uh, no, the Bronx Bastion, what were they called originally? Bronx? Because they're from the Bronx. I'm pretty originally. sure that they started out as the New York Americans, I think they were mm. called. Wikipedia is really good for all this stuff. If you, yeah. um, if you want to go on and look it all up, yeah. But uh, yeah, but the, you know, the, then the um, the Boston Red Sox always been the Boston Red Sox, ever. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean that that sure. big rivalry. I mean that's probably the biggest rivalry in American sports. Yeah, um, bar none. Um, but that all started over the transfer of Babe Ruth from Boston to to the Yankees. That's well, where that. That's where it started from. That's where. That's pretty much how the rivalry built up. Yeah, and started. Yeah, yep. yeah it's it's. Uh, and <laughs> and and then after that move, uh, the Red Sox went. I don't know something like eighty something years, if I remember rightly. Oh, um, without without winning a championship. They were the Baltimore Orioles originally in 1901-1902. The Yankees. Then they became yeah. Yeah. Then they became right. the New York right. Highlanders. Yes. Then they became the Yankees in thirteen. 1913. Okay. So what about the the Americans? Am I am I on off on the wrong track with that? I'm not sure. I'm though. sure that I read something about New York Americans. But yeah, you're right. I completely forgot that they were the Orioles. And now there's a, another team started up called, you know, called the yeah. Orioles. Yeah. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. But yeah. But they're my I team, love, the Yankees. I love, I love the Yankees. Yep, second that. I've actually watched the game. Fantastic yes. game back in actually, 2011. We were going to we we're going to talk about, you know, awesome events that we've been to around the world. That's one we can start on. You went on your honeymoon, didn't you? Honeymoon? Honeymoon. And you wife. saw an awesome Yankees comeback. When they like, comeback. When they're like 4-0 down and they won 5-4. 4-0 down and they, yeah, with the walk, that's right. <laughs> I hate you. I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. I was very, very, very tired that game because that was the first day I was in New York. So I'd just oh, come so off a 24-hour flight right. and to say I was exhausted is an understatement. Like, I honestly had to have toothpicks hold my eyes what, up. What year was that? Was that 2009? 2011. 11. It was against the Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. Yeah, Toronto Blue Jays. Awesome. It would have been the 24th or something of May, if I do recall, somewhere around about that. That is definitely something on my bucket list to go to Yankee Stadium watch the Yankees. Yankee Stadium. More than once, is, too. <laughs> Yankee Stadium is absolutely amazing. I, I was in the uh, Jack Daniels stand. Yep. And as part of the Jack Daniels stand, I had my own entrance or whatever. And they gave me a like a mug, and in the mug had seeds of the same lawn that Yankee Stadium grows, so I could bring it back and and grow the lawn. So, so your same. front your front lawn is Yankee Stadium lawn. Well, no, I didn't do that because you I was just paranoid. Tell that. Because I was paranoid about Australian Border Force stopping me. What are you doing, bringing oh, in these seeds? Don't you know what you're supposed to do? You're supposed to put it in the soles of your shoes, Mel. Come on, like the old wogs used to do when they came back from from Sicily and Calabria. Have uh, you ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. They would undo the sole and put them in the, um, you know, underneath their feet, and they get away yes, with it. Yes. Bring back the tomato yes, seeds and all that. Yeah, heard it. so yeah, I didn't want to take a risk. I didn't want that, so I got rid of them. So I didn't 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 keep them. But I still got that cup or that mug somewhere. I just got to find it. It was actually a really amazing experience. It was full house, packed, crowd was going off. What else? It was incredible. You, what else do you go to over there? 
Oh, and you um, would have seen you would have seen Derek Jeter play as well. Yeah, saw him more play. Yep, yeah, yeah. My well, favourite player ever. What else did we go? We saw into a few, a few functions, a few events there. I was trying to get tickets at the time because the finals were on in. Um, it was the Miami Heat for NBA final. I can't remember who they were playing, and I was actually in Miami when the they were there playing. Oh yeah, and I tried to get tickets, but it was ridiculous. I couldn't get tickets to that. Yeah. And if I did, they were like three thousand dollars each or something. Ridiculous. Well, what'd you what'd you pay for the Yankees game? Uh, well, back then the Aussie dollar was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. I was getting a dollar three. Oh, for every one Aussie dollar, I was getting a dollar three Yankee. Brilliant, absolutely mm. brilliant. Back in the days of parody, the peak, the peak, the peak, the peak of the peak. Yeah, and I was, I think I paid one forty Aussie, one fifty, somewhere about there, one fifty a ticket. So it was three hundred bucks. I can handle that. Yeah, so it was, it was worth it. Was worth it. And we had our own little stand and. I didn't have to line up because we had our own beer stand and popcorn was free because I was thinking about popcorn over there. Mm. It, was, it was brilliant, yeah. absolutely brilliant. Um, all right, some other events. Absolutely. Some other events. Well, we've been to been to a few events yeah. ourselves. Yes, Went we to the World, World Cup together in two thousand and six. Yes, that was an amazing experience. And we saw the th- we saw three games together. Yes, first one was uh, in Hamburg, Italy versus the Czech Republic. What a game! What a drive to Hamburg. Yeah, oh, you remember the drive? Yeah, doing with, 260 uh, with, with kilometers. My, my, uncle's, my uncle's friend. Oh, my God. 260 kilometers on a German autobahn. It was a four-hour four drive, something like that? A four-hour drive and took us two. Oh, my God. He was flying. And we're like, and that okay. was like in the early hours of the morning on the way back, remember? That was on the way back. Yeah. I was shitting myself. I remember holding on to the, the, um, the handle of the door. And I reckon I almost broke it off. I was squeezing it that tight. He was flying and, you know, winding down the window. Winding down the window to keep himself awake. Oh, my God. I was scared. I was, mm. And it wasn't the only time I was scared in Europe that time with people, people driving. Yes, yes. Uh, They're not yeah. the best drivers in Good Europe. Good old autobahn. But that was a great, yeah. that was a, that was a great day. Because uh, yeah. we didn't have tickets to get in. That's right. 300 euro each from the, uh, the scalper. I probably could have, you know what? I didn't bargain him down. Because I was it was a three no, it was cheaper than that. No, no, we paid no, three was, we paid three hundred euro each. Remember we were in the we went because he and his brother had the tickets and we just went along with him, right? Mm. And we yep. we went into the pub next door to the stadium because we'd kind of given up, right? We couldn't find yep. anyone to sell us tickets. Had a good and then the, pub. the match was about to start, like the national anthems were about to start, and I turned to you and I said I'm going to go out back to the, back to the stadium because it was like the, the pub was like 100 metres from the stadium, yeah. right? I'm going to go back around the stadium and see if I can find a, a scalper and, and try and get some tickets. And, I, and, and we said, like, how, what, what's the limit? How much are we going to spend? And we decided, all right, let's try for 300 euro each. You gave me 300 euros cash mm-hmm. and I had, I had 300 of my own and I, I, I took off. And I found a guy just loitering around and I just said to him in English, have you got tickets? And, and, you know, he spoke English and he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. These are you know, really good tickets, you know? And I was like a bit worried that, you know, he's scamming me, but I thought, you know, got to roll the dice here from, I want to go and see this game. Uh, so yeah, I gave him your 300 and my 300 and it was legit luckily. So I remember I, and I rang you up and I said, I've got tickets. Get out, get out here. Let's go. I've got tickets. And we, we had to run halfway around the stadium, mate. And we were sweating like there's no tickets. Yeah, that's, that's, that's when I was fit, but. Oh, mate. I remember we were going through the turnstiles and the national anthems were playing. 
And, yeah. you know, I wanted to see the, the national anthems. And I think we got in just as the national anthems got to our seat. Finish, yeah. Just as the national anthems were finished. Uh, yeah, but we got to see our first ever. Oh, we watched Brazil as well. Brazil, World Ghana. Ghana. That was in Dortmund. Yeah, uh, it was Brazil game. versus Ghana. So that was the legit ticket ticket that we had. Yeah, right. That we got from that I got from here. So mm-hmm. that I got through the lottery. Uh, mm-hmm. and just all we knew that it was a round two match in in Dortmund. Mm-hmm. Right? Could have been. Could have been could anyone. Have, could have been anyone. Uh, if Italy had have finished second in their group, it would have been Italy. But turned out to be Brazil versus Ghana. Mm. All right. Fair I'm actually going for Ghana. I remember at the time. Of course. I mean, couldn't stand Brazil. But, um, and then yeah. Australia versus Italy in Kaiserslautern. Not, many, well, not a lot of people in Australia can say that they were there at that one. Yeah, no. But we were there. There was a few. We were there. I remember um, before the game walking through the city. The city was packed with Aussies and Italians. Um, mm. but probably more Aussies even, I think. Uh, so I remember I had the Australian flag and the Italian flag, both of them over my shoulder because I couldn't decide who to support. And I remember walking past one guy and he just goes to me, get off that fence, make a decision. I hate fence sitters. And, oh, that pissed me off. That, that pissed me off. But um, yeah. yeah, that was a very, that was a very tense game. Mm. Yeah, that was a good experience. That one. Yeah. That well, great. we were right amongst the Aussie crowd, weren't we? Like, yeah, we were Aussie crowd in, in the in the Australian fanatics end. Mm. Yeah. There were some crazy people next to us. There were some people who actually knew nothing about soccer, but making. Comments, oh yeah, so. I mean, they were just Aussies on tour. Like they were rugby people, yeah. pretty much. Yeah, they, they had just, no idea. Most people, if, from what I could could work out, there weren't. Mm. There wasn't. They weren't huge soccer people. They mm. were. Um, yeah, they were just there for the piss up. Like you know, good yeah. on them. But, uh, yeah, well, there's for half a piss up as well. So, yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a good experience, very good experience. Controversial good. in some people's eyes, the end of it, but to me, that was a penalty uh, every day of the week. Uh, and back uh, to uh, Brennan Marocchi, what was he saying? Never slide in the box. Oh, well, exactly. The the golden rule, uh, Don't golden slide rule, in the box, And if you do, you better come up with that ball clean. And uh, <laughs> that's it. Unfortunately, Lucas Neal broke that uh, that golden rule and gave. Gave Cross mm-hmm. saw every reason to to fall over him. At the end of the day, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's running through towards goal, right? Mm. And that bloke, come, uh, Lucas Neal, comes and slide tackles in front of him. Mm. Completely stuffed up any chance he had to to score or pass, mm. right? Clipped him, clipped him, and penalty. Thank you very much. Thank you, mother of rabbits. That's a penalty. Um, mm. but, you know, and all the, we've got to hear about it all the time. Whenever, Here's whenever. To this day, what are we, 14 years later, whenever the subject of Italian football comes up, we've got to hear this, oh, gross or cheat, gross or cheat, and all this bullshit. Mate, if that was, right. Harry, if that was Harry Kuehl, everyone would have been screaming blue murder if the penalty wasn't given. And, and Harry Kuehl himself has said that that was a penalty. Yep. Harry Kuehl. He's on video saying it. He, he said, yeah, first thing I thought was, yeah, that's a penalty. Um, and I've been told by uh, another member of the squad, of the Socceroos squad, told directly. Oh, yeah, told directly. In, so in conversation, mate. in conversation, uh, standing on a standing on a football pitch, he said to me, "Yeah, we all knew that was a penalty. No one, no one complained in the change room. We all, we all just knew. So, you know, it was mm. a shame, but we all knew. Plain and simple, just said it. You know, when you look back at the, that was probably the best ever." Australian squad. 
That player actually said to me, like, in the media, you know, the, 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 spokes, the spokesman, you know, the spokespeople, whatever you call, mm. want to call them, of the team. So you're, you're Harry Kuehl, not Harry Kuehl, mm. um, who do I remember speaking out? Um, Tim, Tim Cahill was probably the main one saying, oh, there was no penalty, whatever. But, um, but this particular player said to me, yeah, that was, that was just what we had to say in front of the media. Um, in front of the Australian media, but you know, like amongst ourselves and within the, and in the change room, there were there were no complaints whatsoever. We all just knew we were all disappointed, but we all just knew it was right. Yeah, yeah. What a good that, that was give. That was probably the best Australian squad of all time. Oh yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, you know, the year before when they qualified against uh, Uruguay on on penalties. I mean, you know, that was brilliant. Well, pretty much Actually, the whole team played in Europe. Actually, um, John Aloisi has recently done a podcast on uh, the Howie Games. I don't know if you, if you follow that podcast. I haven't listened to it yet, but I've downloaded it and I've got to listen to it. So mm. that's going to be obviously a fair bit of it. It's going to be all about that night and his winning penalty in 2005. Well, if you, you, just, look at that, you, look, you look at that team, really on that team, pretty much all of them, they all played in Europe. Not Viduka, like the Australian squad. Viduka, Kuehl. Uh, was Cahill at Everton at the time? I yes, think. Cahill was at Everton. Uh, Aloisi was with uh, in Spain. Oh, what was the team he played? Uh, I think. Yeah, Lazaridis um, was at West Ham. Lazaridis was the most unlucky player in that um, whole squad because he didn't play a minute of the World Cup. And especially against Italy, bloody hell, he should have been thrown in. You know? Yeah, no, because he would have just... Uh, because imagine he's, he was a, he was just a speed demon. So with his fresh legs, mm. who knows? Um, yeah, yeah, Joseph Skoko, Bresciano. Bresciano was with Parma at the time, I think. And, Grella, and, uh, Grella was at Empoli. Grella. Yeah, Green Grella was playing. Oh, no, was the, a, oh, it was a brilliant team. Brilliant team. Schwarzer Q, was... Schwarzer was at uh, Middlesbrough, no. Might have been Middlesbrough. Might have been. There was that other guy, the one that looked like Jesus, Josh Kennedy. He yeah, he was in, in he was in Germany. He was in Germany, he was in Dresden. Yeah, he was in Germany. Uh, was it Bremen? Yeah. Oh, great team, hey. Was... Oh, uh, Craig Moore. Unfortunately, that had to been that it had to be uh, Italy that uh, knocked them out. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after because after celebrating, you know, when they qualified for the World Cup, and then it had to be, you know, our, let's say our first love in football. The Italian, mm. the Azzurri, that had to be the ones to knock them out. Mm. But I, oh, Tony Popovich was there. He was playing for, uh, he was playing for Crystal Palace back then. Mm. Tony Popovich, Stajowski. Man, it was a pretty good team when you look back. It was a fantastic well, team. Fantastic team. Yeah. Yeah. Even should have um, got more out of the game against Brazil in the group. Remember, we watched that. We watched that oh, one on yeah. the big screen at the in Milan in Milan at the Duomo. Yeah, yeah. In the big piazza, um, yeah, that was a good actually, day that was that, that, that actually yeah, we should have done. We did way better than what the actual score. They were just. Well, I think Australia, Brazil. Australia, just if I remember rightly, that game just didn't take their their opportunities. I don't mm. know. I think they got intimidated, but just by the, the fact that it was an average Brazil. Mm. It was an average Brazil. Yep. Yeah, and then how did, well then who was the other keeper? Uh, Zelka Kelly. She played for AC Milan. Was he a Milan player at the time? He was a Milan player. Yeah. Well, yeah. I saw I saw Zelka Kelly play for Perugia 
in 2002 against Milan at San Siro. And Paolo Maldini scored a header over him. Like a, it was a corner and he, he got on the end of it, a looping header over him. And yeah, I remember, <laughs> I remember calling Johnny, our mate Johnny, who's a big Milan fan. And I think you might have been out with him. Mm. This was 2002. Uh, he was at the casino back here, back home here in Perth. And I remember just ringing him up and, and just screaming the other phone, I saw Maldini score, I scored, I saw Maldini score. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was brilliant. Uh, that was, yeah. well, then, hold on, just run. It just, I just pulled up the squad time. So it was Schwarzer, he was playing at Middlesbrough, yeah. Neil at Blackburn Rovers, Moore, he was at Newcastle, but he just left, oh yeah, Newcastle United mm-hmm. in um, England. Tim Cahill, Everton. Kalina at PC, PSV. PSV Popovich yep. was at Crystal, Crystal Palace. Edmonton was at Blackburn. Right. Skoko was at Wigan. Duca was at Middlesbrough. Cure at Liverpool. Lazaridis was at Birmingham. Yeah. Ante Kokovic was at uh, Harmaby in Sweden. Greller at Palma. Chipperfield at Basel. Eloisi at Alves. Huh? Eloisi was at Alves. Alves, yeah, it says here. Oh, okay. I thought he was at Osasuna then. Anyway. Yep. And he had all the bench players. He had Michael Bukamp, don't remember him. He played Mariners. Archie Thompson. Zelko Kalish Milan. Yep. Kennedy at Dresden. Dresden. Wilkershire at Bristol. Stajowski at Basel. Basel. Milligan yep. at uh, Sydney. Basel, yep. And Bresciano at Padma. Didn't Richie play there as well? He, was, he would have been at Hull then, wouldn't he? Uh, Richie Garcia was... Um, he was in that squad too, wasn't he? No, no, no. He was in 2010 squad. I thought he was in that as well. Yeah, 2010. Yeah, he was a whole player at, in 2010. Yep. Uh, yes, Richie but then... Oh, well, but look, Italy knocked them out, but then went on to the win the World Cup. And I was lucky enough to be at the semi-final against Germany in Dortmund and the final against France in Berlin. Yeah, thanks thanks for, for rubbing that in. Hey, you're the one who had to go home early for some reason. I would have I would have fought tooth and nail to stay another few weeks, but you had to go. Yeah. That was the yes. The greatest uh, two games of, of my uh, of my life, those two. The uh, semi and the final. The semi would have been the lazy as in to watch a game would have been amazing. Okay. The semi the Italy versus Germany semi final. 4th of July, 2006. I'll never forget it. Uh, so I'd, I had given up on getting tickets. I just couldn't, you know, someone was supposed to help me. A friend of my uncle's in Germany was supposed to help me get tickets. They, they wouldn't come through. It just didn't, it just didn't work out. I ended up just going to the uh, hotel, the Hilton Hotel in Dortmund, where the Italian team and, and all the officials and um, the Federation people were all staying. I walked into a, to a room where they uh, were giving out tickets to people who had them, you know, um, had bought them and they were just giving out the tickets before the game. And uh, so there was supposed to be some tickets there waiting for me and, and they were nowhere to be seen and these people didn't know who the hell I was. And anyway, I just went, went back into the room. I thought, you know, no, I'm, I'm here. I'm not giving up. And I just walked in and I said to them, look, I've come all the way from Australia to follow the Italian team. I'll do anything to go to this game. Please, do you have any tickets that I can buy? And he goes, yeah, here you go. (laughs) 
<laughs> you just got 240 euro. I still remember the price. Here you go. Just gave me a ticket. And I, I remember just bolting out of there and running towards the stadium. Like, couldn't believe that I actually got a, got a ticket. Um, 240 euro, eh? And we paid 300 to watch them against the Czech Republic. Yeah. Well, that was from a scalper. This, was, this one was a legitimate ticket. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, 240 euro and I was in the uh, Italian corner, let's say, of the, of the stadium. And I've got to say that that was the most tense game of football that I've ever experienced in my life, my God. Mm. Whenever, um, whenever the Italian section of the crowd, where, us, where we were, would uh, you know, try to sing or chant or cheer or whatever, the whole stadium, when we're talking about 66,000 people of German fans all wearing white, would just whistle and drown out, drown out whatever noise we could, we could make. And um, the stadium shook. It was that loud. It was just very, very intimidating. But um, that, the, 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 the game was amazing. It was, you know, no goals up to, up to 90 minutes, but it was chance after chance. You know, it was end-to-end stuff. And then especially the, um, the extra time. Started, the extra time started with Italy hitting the post twice in two minutes. Yeah, I remember that. Oh, my. Paolo, Paolo. I couldn't believe it. I was just like, this, this is, you know, this can't happen, you know, playing so well, you know, dominated so much of the game as well in their backyard where they've never lost a game before, Germany. You know, we can't get this close and then, then not win it. And then, you know, the last two minutes of the game, you know, Grosso scores an amazing goal and then Del Piero just, uh, you know, finished it off with the last kick of the game. And like in the Italian section, we were still celebrating the first goal in the 119th minute when. Italy broke broke out of the out of the penalty box again and counterattacked. Mm. We turned around and and saw Del Piero smash in this the second goal to the top corner. It was like we were still celebrating the first goal. Mm. It was absolutely delirium, absolute. And I remember falling over. I was there by myself, obviously, mm. falling over people, hugging. Everyone was hugging, kissing, just jumping on each other. It was just, mate. I've never experienced such delight. Probably more so than than when uh, I don't know. Is two different feelings between that one and when they actually won the World Cup in Berlin? You know, the final penalty went in. Just incredible, just incredible. Yeah, to be able to say there. that I was there to witness those two um, two events, just yeah, something else. Absolutely, something else. Yeah, I was. Uh I was at Bizzard, it was Crown Casino back then. You watched the, <laughs> the, 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 the semi final, yeah? The semi final. And um, yeah, I can just tell you, I never don't get, I get excited, but I got really excited that we flipped the table at the, where, where really? I was. You yeah, know, I, I, was actually, I, I watched. I'm surprised, looking back now, you'll get kicked out before we did. But the cheers will just jump. I was just so excited. Everything that would come next to me would just jump. It was just incredible. Incredible. When, I, when, I, when I watch back those games, um, you know, highlights, you know, whatever on YouTube or whatever. And I've, I've, I've got all the games. Um, I, it gets me emotional thinking back mm. about, about, honestly, um, my tears well up in my eyes sometimes, mm. not every time, but sometimes when I think back, ah, oh, mate, that was just, uh, you know, as a football fan, it was just the absolute pinnacle. And, you know, grew up praying, wishing to see Italy win a World Cup. Never thought that it would actually happen. Yeah, I just you know, especially you know the World Cups before that from from 1990, which was the first World Cup that I experienced, 
you know, what was I, nine years? I really something. remember properly, yeah. You know, lost on, lost on penalties, three World Cups in a row on, on penalty shootout. And it was just like, you know, we were destined to never see Italy win a World Cup. You know, grew up with the stories of the 82 team and, and everything. But, you know, 82, we were two years old. Um, you know, I mean, I had, I had pictures of the – I was two years old when Italy won the 1982 World Cup and I had pictures of the 82 team in my, in my bedroom. Oh. You know? Yeah. yeah. It was just this, this amazing myth, mythical team, you know, that beat – Argentina beat Brazil, beat West Germany, you know, and you know, mythical players, Paolo Rossi and, you know, Bruno Conti and all these amazing players. And then actually to be there to witness, you know, I felt like I'm, I'm witnessing history, you know, mm. being there to see Italy win a World Cup. And obviously it would be amazing yeah. to see Australia one day win one too. But at the end of the day, you know, growing up, you know, in an Italian home with being passionate about, you know, Italian football and, and these Italian players, um, you know, oh, yeah. to see players like Francesco Totti and Alessandro Del Piero, Cannavaro, you know, actually win the World Cup. And at the same time, I, I feel a little, it's a little bit bittersweet as well because when I think of those players in the previous Italian teams that didn't win, didn't get the job opportunity to win a World Cup, Paolo Maldini, Roberto Baggio, you know, these guys were greater players, right? Giannini. In, in the, my absolute idol in life in, as a footballer. Um, you know, when I think of these players that didn't experience lifting that trophy, compared to, compared to the players that did, not that the players that did in 2006, not that they didn't deserve it, but obviously individually, player for player, so Gilardino compared to Budge, I mean, same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Italia 90 and the, and, and the USA 94 yeah. teams were greater, greater teams than the 2006, but I suppose mm. they, they, they just in 2006 were the ones who actually finished off the job. Mm. But, what do you yeah. think of the 2002 team out of curiosity? Probably the, probably the best squad of that World Cup. Yeah. I agree with that. Absolutely ripped off, um, and then, and then also Spain in the following game that um, South Korea played were even more so ripped off than Italy. That was a, a one day I think that um, someone's going to come out and say you know that that was that was planned by FIFA. And that's my true feeling mm. on that. That was. Well, I don't think it'll be in our lifetime, man. I don't know, but obviously that was a a, a master plan to push uh, for FIFA to push football in Asia, either South Korea or Japan, who were hosting that World Cup, had to get far. Mm. And that, that, was, that was what they achieved. It was the, the ultimate well, rip-off in world football. Not just for Italy, also, also for Spain. Yeah, Spain also got shafted there. I mean, big time, big time. I, I was actually like so depressed that... I actually remember watching... I watched that game. Mm. I was at the Paddington Ale House, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> Where I watched that game. You see, I don't, I don't understand how you can leave your home to watch Italy play. For me, it's, I can't be am- among other people. I can't be around know-nothings. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can't be around the, um, the casual fan. Yeah, not fair I've, I've got to be with my family or on my own. 
know, if I'm not, I just if I'm not actually there with the witness at live. I, th- I think I need I need I need a bit of entertainment. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like yeah. No, no. For me, for me, it's it's too tense. It's too. Yeah. It means too much to me. Mm. Which to some people yeah. that might sound ridiculous, but this, that's me. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, uh, you know the national team is is something very special for me, mm. uh, especially you know, especially that I've I suppose that I've witnessed you know the ultimate the ultimate triumph. You know, for me, I mean you know, and I, I love I love Australian sport as well. Like to me, the the Australian cricket team is something special too, and oh, yeah. I think that's been lost for if, in recent times as well. Mm. Um, but uh, you have you haven't watched the uh, the test on? No, I've got to watch it. No, no, got to, I actually nonsense. finished. I finished watching it about midnight last night. I watched the final episode. I got to say, I love Justin Langer. Oh, just absolutely, yeah, he's, he's a very impressive. Um, very, very. A lot of people did not many people say a bad thing about him. I don't think anyone no, says a bad thing about him. He's at the at, at the moment. I think he's the perfect uh, man to to manage the Australian cricket team, and um, I just think the. They've come back, you know, in in my estimation, as a as a team, not just because of the series, you know, because I just I enjoyed watching the the Ashes, um, the Ashes series last year, mm. and I think um, they've changed their their attitude completely. But watching that um, the Test series is, yeah, it's bloody eye opening. These, you know, you see, you that you really humanise these people. Even it doesn't dwell on the fact that you know our favourite player. Um, What's his name? Um, Warner, David Warner. His, it doesn't dwell on his failing in that um, in that test series. Like they barely it should. Ba- it, it should, but it barely gets a mention. It's mainly about it Steve, it's mainly about Steve Smith, um, you know, and and how amazing he's, he a, he's a quality, quality and how player. he how he came back from you know getting that knock on the head and, and that type of thing, which is brilliant. It's that's that's like oh, you're just getting engrossed in 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 that. Um, in those couple episodes, all of it really, mm. and I would I would love if they continue the series. Like I reckon, out they could, there's eight episodes. I reckon they could have made fourteen. Um, but uh, I I just hope that they continue doing it for um, the new series. Yeah, it's really interesting. It just comes down to how much if it's economically viable. I mean, everyone I've you said it in some one of my clients saw. I reckon it's really good as well. So I thought that was so. Oh, it's, yeah, I'll put it on my to watch list. Yeah. So if we go and lock down a bit further, or we can. Well, I think Amazon it. Amazon's giving sixty day free trials now without paying. So yeah, yeah, get into it. Good, good old Amazon. I've still got a lot. I've got a lot of documentaries I've got to follow up on. So still, mm. <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get there. I oh, mate, you might have you know might have more time on your hands at the moment. Um, yeah. Especially if we well, we were talking about last week. We were expecting to get a a full uh, actual shutdown or lockdown or quarantine, whatever well, you want to call yeah, it. Well, it hasn't happened yet. Hasn't happened yet. I don't. It's not required. I think they know that. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, with the incubation period of this thing, um, there might be some. There might be a, a blowout in um, in cases. Who knows? I think maybe we're still, we might still be waiting to see that. And if that's the case, then maybe they'll, they'll reconsider. Who knows? Yeah. But anyway, on that note, uh, we've been going a bit over an hour. So uh, it's time to wrap. Yep. 
Till till next time, Simon. Till next time. All right. Good chat. If I get a, if if we uh, <laughs> if we uh, still in lockdown, or maybe one day we can actually do it face to face. Yeah. Well, look. I think uh, after the period of self isolation, I mean, we've already really been self isolating for longer than the supposed incubation period of fourteen days, mm. right? I haven't really yeah. come into contact with anyone where, that I could get it from in, in 14 days and I'm, and I'm not sick. So yeah. I, think it's, I think it's safe that we could, uh, you know. Yeah. Well, let's we'll get one of our Do a, do a couple face-to-face couple. podcast, you know. And face, face-to-face and we introduce a special guest, I reckon, one day soon. Well, we, could, we might do that on Zoom. Anyway, let's have a think about that during the week. Well, we might have thing? a special yeah. guest during the week. Um, yeah. Just before we go, follow us on Facebook. Uh, it's Chronicles on the Fly podcast on Facebook. Um, I, I, I might get a Twitter account going as well, but, uh, mm. and then we'll just post the episodes on there. Uh, but we'll see. But yes, Facebook. Adios. No worries. Ciao, ciao.